Welcome to the Trauma Tapes. I'm Dr. MC McDonald, a PhD trauma researcher, author, and life coach. I'm here with my sister, Elizabeth Meadows. On this podcast, we read your letters, give you advice, and help you heal without shame. Okay, welcome to the Trauma Tapes. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. We were talking about magnifying mirrors. You you need to do a you need to do a I need to re- re- retract. Need to redact. I, I need I need to like dial it back just a second because I just for a little one little exception with the magnifying mirror is if you have tweezers in your hands and you're tweezing something, a magnifying mirror is extremely helpful. But Otherwise, that's my you- only exception to the magnifying mirror rule. Other than that, to stare at your pores and your wrinkles and your lines and your marks and everything yeah. that's on your face, not helpful. If you have Not tweezers helpful. in your hand and you're doing something productive, yes, I'm on board. <laughs> what is something productive? <laughs> what does that mean? Something productive? Um, well, if you have like, you know, if you're eyebrow, if you, straight eyebrow yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then then but, I was don't. like, oh, okay. Now <laughs> now I have to now I have to take I now I have to eat crow about the magnifying mirror with the tweezers. <laughs> Only with tweezers. Don't pick a hole in your face. Remember dad's glasses, the magnifying glasses? Oh my God. Yeah. Someone has those, I think. Really? Yeah. They were like these dentists, like magnifying glasses. He thought they were the best in the world because they magnified like 200,000 times or whatever, but they were like, I don't even know how to describe them. They were, um, he looked like a jeweler. Like they had like a little like lens thing in the middle of each lens. They were super heavy. You know? They were super heavy, but they were like actual glasses, like just like regular glasses you would put on, not like a visor or like a magnifying like monocle thing. It was like, you know? yeah, and it was yeah, yeah funny. You you have uh, you've had to deal with glasses, your eyesight issues, your whole life, and um, mm-hmm. it, it's fairly recent for me. So it's I, like I'm I'm understanding how it feels to not be able to see as well as, as, as I used to. And it's, um, it's, it's humbling sometimes it's like, wow. It's super the other night. So I'm wearing, I'm, I'm nearly legally blind and my prescription is like, has bottomed out. So it won't get any worse, which is great. But, um, the other night I took off my glasses cause I'm like watching TikTok or something on my phone or whatever. And it's nighttime. I live alone, whatever the, um, and I lost my glasses. Like, oh, and I was like, okay, so what does this look like? (laughs) (laughs) Do I put my contacts back in to find my glasses? And then I was like, it was super tired. And I was like, no, I just wait till the morning. And then I was like, what is the, it's been catastrophic apocalyptic weather here. And I was like, what if we get an evacuation, like notice in the middle of the night? And then I don't have time to put on my, I literally couldn't get in the car if I didn't have. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was, no, it was actually really funny. So then I was just on the floor, like with the, like my flashlight on my phone, looking for like a reflection to pop back. Yeah, so I could find the glasses, and I found them, so it was funny. But I, there are moments where I'm just like, well, I have to call the police because <laughs> <laughs> I can't see. I can't see. I was in. A, what was I doing recently? Oh, I think I was like picking up takeout, <laughs> and I wanted to leave a tip, um, uh-huh. you know, to write in with a credit card, and I like. I think I left my purse in my car, whatever. So I had to say to the kid behind the, like the register, like, what does this say? (laughs) You had 20% of this. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm officially the old lady. I'm like, what's this number? (laughs) 
<laughs> was he nice about it? Did he laugh? Oh, he was very nice. But I'm oh, like, no, why? No, why no, am no. I putting this on him? Like, uh, you know, like that's not nice. Oh my god! But he was very accommodating. And the other funny thing is that my um, my friend at work, um, she, I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I like I'll put down my glasses for like one second because I'm I have readers, so like when yeah. I look up, it hurts. You know, I only need them to see like up close. So I'll put down my glasses for a second and where, no matter where I am or what I'm doing, she picks them up with them on her face and like runs out of the room. <laughs> she's like a, like a glass stealing ninja. Cause she thinks they're hers. Not because she's like trying to do oh, something, oh, oh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it just like, like causes this like comedy of errors where I'm like, uh, wait a minute. And then I have to go find her and pull them off her face. And I'm like, stop it. Stop I'm doing that to me. Glasses. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's funny crazy yeah i've been almost blind since like first grade i'm sorry oh it's fine it's you know it's actually like i like when i get overwhelmed i like to dim senses you know like with like noise canceling headphones or whatever sometimes i like you, you don't get this opportunity i don't have to see everything right i can just take my glasses off and be like well, well and right right <laughs> and i do that like in public sometimes at a restaurant i'm just like i need to i need to ratchet things down that's kind of a good tool. It is a good tool. <laughs> we can adapt. Plus, I've never really been able to see clearly. Like so first grade, you're how old? Six. Yeah. Five, so six. I mean, I've 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 been it's been my whole life, you know. Yeah. It doesn't even register. Yeah. I think I'd be really disturbed if I could wake up. Like everyone talks about that when they get LASIK surgery. I'm not a candidate for LASIK surgery, but like if I could. Like they, people talk about like being able to wake up and all of a sudden being able to see everything clearly. I think that would freak me out. Yeah. I get like a slow introduction to vision. (laughs) (laughs) You'd want to ease into it. Right. Yeah. It'd be jarring, right? It would be. I'd be like, too much. I mean, I'm sure you adapt, of course, but like, you know. Yeah. These are the things I tell myself. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So we have... um, Speaking of like all things body and whatever, body shame to talk about today. Yeah. Okay. Um, Here's the letter. I hit puberty early and got really, really large breasts when I was 11 and other kids were predictably brutal. I think the worst part about it though was actually the reactions from adult women, family members, other kids, parents, teachers, et cetera, all thought that my large breasts were somehow a sign of promiscuity or that I was intentionally wearing padded bras to attract men. This was especially ridiculous because I wore oversized men's clothing and two to three sports bras to avoid being noticed. All throughout my adult life, I've still been getting in trouble, or at least it feels like getting in trouble for dressing provocatively because it was so hard to find clothes that didn't expose any cleavage. Boyfriends and bosses have noticed and made comments, and so have girlfriends and retail workers. All of this has left me with a lot of disgust towards my body and towards sexualization in general. I would like to say that as an adult, I've gotten over this, but I haven't. I wear minimizing bras, oversized shirts, and I'm generally confused about it when someone either has a negative or positive response to the shape of my body. Mm. I think, I kind of think the answer is no, but is there anything I can do about my body shame? Ooh. Yeah. This one lands. Yeah. Mm. I didn't write this letter. I could have. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. Um, but man, I actually had a funny situation with a retail person like not that long ago. Did I tell you this? I don't know. 
so like t-shirts are are like an issue um and I was in this boutique and found this t-shirt that I thought I loved and I came out of the fitting room because it was this really small like the the, re- the um, retailers were like very involved in the process of picking and looking and all this stuff they were helping and um I was like oh my god I'm so excited about this t-shirt it fits really well and I came out of the fitting room and the the woman goes <gasps> what about the men oh because it was I guess slightly fitted across the chest and I was just like you know fucking fuck like <laughs> what about the men what about the men? What are the men going to do? Well, they're going to lose their minds and go, I'll go right. running down the street in insa- insane insanity because they can't control themselves. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I think just to quickly answer the question, can we do anything about this? I think so. I want to think so. It's it's so, I mean, you know, you and I have both struggled with it and we've talked about it um, a lot. I also remember, you know, being in uh Having people, having someone in a store ask me a long time ago if my breasts were fake or yes, real, yes, and it yes. was like, "What? Yeah. Why is it okay to ask those questions?" You know, right, like I, right. I, I kind of feel like it's like, yeah, this one arena where people lose their minds and say like completely inappropriate mm-hmm. things. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. I've gotten that too, and then also the I don't believe you when when you say yeah. it's real. Let me touch them and see, and you're right. like. Seriously, right. you're going right. to say these things out loud in public in a sober environment. That's right. wild to me. Like, yeah. Why is that okay? Why is that right. like, right? Yeah. Right. I think one of the things at the root here is, and this is, I actually don't know like how, how old you were, but I really could have written this letter because I, that happened. I developed that at like about a late age 11 and mm-hmm. was brutally bullied by a classmate so much so that the class the teacher had to get involved in a way that was really um intense and uh this was before like bullying like no i don't actually think about this a lot because i don't really code it that way we didn't nobody really intervened when you were being bullied in the 90s like it was like just part of school um yeah but i think that you're so young at that age in terms of your brain's development as like a sexual being that it really shapes in these insidious kind of subterranean ways, the way you think about your body as an object. Yeah. And it's, um, and that happens before you can really like think about it, you know? Yeah. I remember going to like same situation. Um, yeah. So you were like, like 11 too, same age? Yeah, showing up like the first day of seventh grade and yeah. someone in the class, you know, like <laughs> a boy in the class, like smacking me on the chest with a ruler. Like what happened? Yeah. Like, boom, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. You know, so you're you're getting yeah. attention, but it's 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 a very, like there's a lot of like mixed messages and it's- yeah. um, Oh, it's profoundly confusing. And yeah. I think she said that at one point about being confused even now, because you're right. like, people have really still really strong reactions, positive and negative. And you you get this view at age 11, especially when older women get involved and either don't support you or actually like shame you actively. Yeah. You get this message that there's something wrong with you. Like Absolutely. your body is wrong. Right. And there's nothing you can do about it because you're not causing this. You can't intervene on it. You can't make it stop. 
Right. Right. It's not, you don't get this illusion that you do without some other body things that you can do anything about it. And so it's like, you are just like fucked and doomed. There's something wrong with you. And this, and that's, that shame seed gets planted mm-hmm. before you can even, and it just takes root, you know? It does. It does. I mean, I, people are still saying things and it's 40 years later. They're right, still right. like openly yeah. giving me their opinion. Yep. In the year of the Lord, 2023, <laughs> <laughs> where we can't say anything about anything because right. we're all going to be canceled at any moment. And yet my body is up for your, your conversation. Like, because they, I, I, yeah, there's just this mixed thing that like, oh, it's a good thing. It's what people want, yeah, but right. you know, it's right. It's also not, it's also right. right. Yeah. I, I'm 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 angry and disappointed at the 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 older women, both in my life and in the, the letter writer's life, for taking out their own body shit at her. Right. Because I think that's really what's going on. When when a salesperson says something to you, um, they are it's because they, they don't have them and they're jealous or they have their own internalized shit about bodies and they're taking it out on you because they haven't processed it. And when the older women in your life don't help you and call you, you know, like a slut or whatever, because of the way that your body is composed, that's their shit. Right. And as women, you know, we've never, I think, been really good at this about supporting each other through different stages. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. I'm just, I'm remembering like things that, you know, this is, things are just bubbling up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember mom not being super supportive. You know, I remember some of the things she said that were just like, like, what? You know, awful. Yeah. 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 You know, and um, she was, she was bringing in her own shit with that, her own upbringing, her own imprinting of what it means to be a woman, you know? Right. This is what, like, I, you know, I, this is still something I think about daily. So I, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to help. I I don't know what the answer is. I, you know, for, I don't think there is an answer. The, The one thing that has helped me a little bit is, um, someone suggested at some point, and I think it was like a, a, a gray hair person, like an Instagram person, mm-hmm. you know, th- she had said that she, you know, g- got a breast reduction and, you know, mm-hmm. she kind of like things had changed for her. And she suggested mm-hmm. joining a face group, a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And I have joined it and kind of reading other people's stories, mm-hmm. not, uh, and it's not only reductions, it's, you know, it, it's yeah. the burden of, of yeah the physical and the emotional burden um, yeah. that, that yeah. this can cause. It's helped me a little bit to kind right. of like right. see how other people are, are um, affected by it and dealing with it and speaking about it and mm-hmm. um, their paths. And mm-hmm. that, that's so it's a Facebook all- group for people considering reduction. Yes. Yes. Okay. But it's yeah. not necessarily that everyone's gotten one and it's right. not, you know, there are, are good stories and bad stories yeah. and, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just a place where people share feelings about it, I guess. Yeah. 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 I love that idea of joining a support group just because you, you, I think, especially when this stuff happens developmentally really young, you get this idea because there's also other friends involved. Yeah. That's another thing of it. She didn't mention this, but this certainly happened with me. Your friends are pissed because they haven't gotten boobs yet and you did. Right. And so now you have something they don't. And so they, iso- so you start in this like incredible isolation with it. Um, and joining a group where you can see all of the, I'm sure there's tons of people in that Facebook group. Oh yeah. Um, 
you can see all of the people who are struggling with the same thing at least helps you feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Exactly. Even though I feel isolated. Exactly. And that, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's also an option, right? If, if that is in your, in your, you know, capability in terms of finances and things like that. Um, and insurance, insurance will often pay because the other thing that comes with large breasts is, is health issues, which we don't talk about a lot, but there's issues with your backs and your shoulders and all this other stuff. And, um, getting mammograms and having dense tissue and needing an MRI, which then the insurance won't cover because blah, 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 blah. So look into that option. I think um, if this is something that's really affecting you, I don't think there's any shame in trying to change it if that feels comfortable. I don't think that's the only answer. I don't think you should do it out of shame, but if that feels empowering, if they're in your way, if you would be more active otherwise, um, then look into that just as just to know that you have options. I think that's always helpful. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I've been in this group, I'm going to say for over a year and I'm no closer to a decision about, yeah, right. you know, what I might or might not do. It's just right. somehow it's helpful to see that other people are, have the same story. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I think also I'm trying to think of, is there anything else that has kind of worked for you in embracing it? Doing things physically that make me feel stronger overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you know, targeting exercises to help my shoulders and and my mm-hmm. back, and to kind of work with what I have. Yeah, helps me. Yeah, yep, yep. Me too. I love that too because it's like this expansion. I think what happens is that this shame spirals. So, yeah. and this is why it's it's critical that we define it as shame because the the imprint that you get at eleven is that your body's wrong. Right. And so what do we do when our bodies are wrong? We shrink, we get weaker, we get try to get small as small as possible. And to counter that by becoming strong in all these ways, both can kind of negate some of the pain that can be caused in your back and shoulders, but also makes you feel more empowered. Exactly. It's like a ripple. It's like a, you know, like a ripple effect. And it's, um, yeah, I just lost my train. I thought I was going to share something about that. Oh, I, you know, I specifically with this, um, with having a large chest, you know, your, your shoulders will automatically, you will fold over into yourself Yeah, Yeah. and you're protecting, you know, your heart in a way. So I I think that even stretching, like, you know, lying on a foam roller, putting something underneath your spine and opening it up is um, helpful in a lot of different ways. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think of other like things. I think you know, there's, I've been weirdly talking a lot about like healthy objectification. Mm-hmm. Um, this keeps coming up with clients and, and people in relationships and, and stuff like that. And I think that we, we really miss the boat when we take as a feminist tactic, th- this idea that we have to get rid of objectification entirely. There is a way, I think there's a way to objectify yourself that is healthy, right? Okay. Part of what we are as human beings in the world is a sexual being. And that involves some some measure of like being an object. It doesn't mean you have to reduce yourself to an object or that anyone else should be able to reduce you to an object status. But I think you can get to a place where you aesthetically appreciate yourself as a mm-hmm. sexual object, even just for yourself. Right. That um, that is a, is very empowering or can be very empowering and actually can undo some of the shame. And it's funny because as soon as I start talking about it, people are always like, oh God, like, what are you saying? You know, like there's this immediate, like, 
you can't objectify yourself, but what would it look like if you got some lingerie that actually enhanced your chest? Don't, you don't need to wear it outside. You don't need to wear it in front of anybody else, but what does it feel like to you to look in the mirror and say, I am in some sense, a beautiful thing. Right. And then we'll revisit some of the, uh, the old master paintings, you know, that that celebrated that form, you know, right, right, right. The, 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 the Sophia Loren, Marilyn Monroe, the, you yeah. know, these, this was a good thing, you know, right. it, it right. was, right. you know, yes, objectified in some way, but beauty, beautiful. Right. 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 All objectification yeah. is not the same. Right. Right. Like we objectify art. We objectify objects. That doesn't mean we are reducing them. We can do that in a way that allows them their dignity. And we can do that with ourselves as well. You know? You yeah. can't have a sexual relationship without it, some measure of objectification. It's impossible. Right. Part of what that involves is taking yourself and the other person as, as in part an object. It doesn't mean reduction to the point of losing dignity. Of course right. it can, but like right. the question isn't like, do we have this, do we get rid of this or do we keep it? It's in what way can we make it true and positive? And celebrate, celebrate right. it. Yeah. Right. I love right. that. Right. And I think that on that same line, can you, can you get to the place? Okay. So you buy some lingerie, you, you embrace it. You feel good about yourself in some way. Can you do a boudoir photography shoot? Mm-hmm. Can you find someone that you trust who's not going to relate to you in a sexual way? Right. Who can look at you and say, no, this is great. This is beautiful. Look at this shape. How can we, you know, things like that, I think can be really empowering. Yeah, Absolutely. And then have those photos and look at yourself and say like, oh, wow, this is, yes, I have this shame imprint that says my body is wrong, but there's this other image now. Right. And can that, can that counter any of the, any of the negative that's rolling around in there? Yeah. I love that. Right. Yeah. Reframe it. Yep. Yeah. And it's, um, and then see, I think it's a journey, you know, like women, all women have, have to have a journey with their bodies and it doesn't ever end. No, it doesn't. And you can fight it and you can, you know, yeah. but you can also embrace it and, and appreciate it and yeah. Yeah. Um, be yeah. grateful. Yeah. And then I think by extension, when you embrace it and feel not that this is going to sound like I'm just, let me finish the thing and then I'll circle back and clean it up or whatever. but. when you have a better appreciation for your body, you will care a lot less when people have comments and you'll probably have snappier responses. If you don't already, you won't be in this mindset of giving into it and saying like, Oh, there's another person who's noticed. Great. This is exactly how it is. Again, my body is wrong. You'll be like, wow, you really just made a mention about my breasts in public and you're a stranger. Weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That says more about you than it does about me. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep. Right. And I, and I know that that can sound like victim blaming. I'm not saying that, that your energy is bringing these conversations. The, the conversations are going to happen anyway. It's not your fault, but I think right. they will feel a lot different if you can get to a place where you don't give into the shame within yourself. And anything yes. that we're saying here about breasts can also be extrapolated to any other part of your body that you're ashamed about. Yes. Yeah. You can Male, reframe too. Yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. You can reframe how you think about it. You can find a different way of being with it. And that can drastically change the way you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. 
that you do not have to live with the shame imprint. Yeah. It's just that it got imprinted so early. As it does, as it really as it does. does. Yeah. And, you know, I think actually a lot of the work has already been done just in the realization that it's there. Because I think right. when that stuff gets imprinted so early, what happens is that we embody it without any thinking. Yeah. We can't even get to a place where we say like, oh, wait, is this how I want to feel? Is this okay that these people are saying these things about my body in public? Right. I'm going to do that. Uh, like <laughs> the next time someone says something in, in like the name of this letter writer, I'm going to say something snappy. Well, like what? Like what you said a minute ago. Like, you, okay. You, the, the statement you just made about my body says a lot more about you than it does about me. Mm-hmm. And then just let it be super uncomfortable. Yep. Like the next time I'm in a store and someone says something or like, you know. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to do it too. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other ones we can come up with. What can you say when someone says, are they real? I fucking hate that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just, I, that one blows my mind. Cause it's like, this is, this has been such a source of, of pain for me. Like what, you know? Right, right, right. It's right. just, that's an offensive question. Like, yeah. So that's what you say. Yeah. That's an offensive question. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, there, I, my tendency is to go for the jugular and comment on some part of them, but I know. <laughs> punch back. I guess that's not nice. (laughs) Well, it just probably won't feel good after the fact you'll feel guilty about it later. And then it's like, cool. Now I got that to deal with, you know? Right. That's just, yeah, that's just reactive. That's just lashing. That's just, that says more about me than it does. Right. 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 I I, I feel you though. I, I, I listen, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. You're not alone. You wrote to the right podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, the the Facebook group is like, I think kind of not being very careful with social media and, 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 you know, where you go and what you follow and what you expose yourself to. Um, but, but for some reason this group has, and these experiences have kind of put things in a little bit of perspective for me. Yeah. 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 That's huge. Yeah, I, I think I want to put that as a prescription for anyone who's struggling with shame. Number one, first thing you can do right now is audit your social media feed. Yes. Because we, we all are out here pretending like we have no control over what we consume. That is completely false. That's like saying that you have no control over like the food that gets put in the fridge. Nope, you're out here buying it. So if you want to make a change, you are capable of that. Is it hard? Right. Yes. Can you do yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Follow things that bring you joy only. Right. Marie Kondo, that shit. <laughs> right. Right. But then don't feel badly that you're not Marie kondo either. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know what? The, the, like the, the only way that I can do that is to just have like periods of time where I don't like, engage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like between like dinner and bedtime. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing yeah. it anymore. Cause I no feel like media. I'm yeah. like putting things in my brain and then going to sleep and they're getting like embedded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. 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 Um, well, cause you dream about, it. they literally are, you're, they are getting embedded because you dream about it. And then it's like, yeah, it's in there. So th- that's the only way I can put parameters on it. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to do this from eight until 10. I'm, I'm vicious. I can't be off of social media because it's a part of my work, but I am, I am, vigilant about what I look at. 
That's good. I do not look at, I don't follow colleagues. I, I mean, I follow them, but I don't look at their stuff. Like when I am on social media, it is purely for like when I'm not, not when I'm posting, but when I'm like taking it in, it's yeah. purely for entertainment, distraction and relaxation. Silly dog videos that I send you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Silly dog videos, bunnies on Instagram. Like it's just, it's for joy. You can make it for joy. You can. You can I'm not tailor looking it. at supermodels and like, you know, bikini contests and shit that's going to make me sad. And, you know, it's no, do not. Shit that's not real. It's not real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. Someone I, was I, saying to me recently about someone's body on uh God, I don't even know what this was. We were talking about like TV or something. And they were like, oh my God, how do they get their body like that? And I was like, well, it's their full-time job to get their body like that. That's exactly. Is it your full-time job? No, you have four other full-time jobs that that are not about getting your body like that. So could you give yourself like an ounce of a break? Right. And why do you want someone else's body? Right. Right. You know, what were you going to say? I interrupted you. That, that a therapist told me many, you know, this was like before social media, like don't get the magazines that you're getting. Don't subscribe to like these. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And you know, I I have to do that and blah, blah, blah. No, you don't. You don't have to. No, you don't have to. Your life will be fine if you don't do it. Yep. 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 You might even be happier. Yep. Yep. I want like the t-shirt or stickers or bumper sticker that says like, hey, you don't fucking have to. (laughs) You don't have to do the things. You don't have to do the things. Yeah. Whatever it is you think you have to do, you probably don't. Right. Will it be inconvenient? Maybe. Will it have consequences? Absolutely. Do you have to do it? No. Stop making yourself feel trapped. I'm talking to myself too. (laughs) I know. Because we make ourselves feel trapped, then we have a stress response to it. Our body thinks we are trapped. And then we're like, God, I don't know why I can't sleep. Right. Well, right. (laughs) You are in control of that. Right. At least in some measure. Do you have a tiny little joy? That's been hard for me this week. It's been hard. It's been hard. I'm obsessed with the fact that I feel like 2023 has like similar vibes to 2020. Like everyone's just out here struggling. (laughs) It's been like, what is it? 13 days. And it's, there's been a lot of bad news. Yeah, there has been. There has been. It's, it's hard. The only thing I can think of is that I have this um, cup of tea that I have every single night. And I, oh, I, love I, that. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but it's called sleep, sleep tea. And mm-hmm. the brand is Tulsi T-U-L-S-I. Yeah. And I started it um, when we lived in Virginia and it, it's just become like a ritual. And that's like, mm-hmm. I make the tea, you know, I wait 10 minutes, it steeps. And then I'm on the couch, like watching something, hopefully that's not stressful. You know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to be, to watch things that aren't stressful and then going to bed. And it's just part of, like, I look forward to it. I look forward to the mug. I'm going to put it in. I look forward to like mm-hmm. how the warm mug feels in my hands. A lot of times I'll put my fingers on it and then like press yeah. under my eyes. Cause that feels good. And it's just, I put the whole mug on my forehead. You do. <laughs> <laughs> like I go like this. Yeah. Cause there's always like tension in the top of my forehead. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's, um, it's just this really nice ritual and it's something that I, that I enjoy every single night. And I, um, I kind of famously said to a friend of Max at one point that tea is stupid and it's, uh, <laughs> it's not stupid. I take it back. Um, and I now enjoy tea. And when she says I said it, it was more like <laughs> bullets. It was a bad time. <laughs> tea is stupid. 
<laughs> well, he was stupid. I just couldn't say that he was stupid. <laughs> it was all stupid. It was all stupid. Stupid. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's funny. The um the letter I think that we're gonna do next week, actually the answer I think is gonna be ritual. So I love like I love the idea of ritual. I think it's such a grounding force when things feel really wild and out of control. And I think that's that can be not just grounding, but absolutely joyful. It is. It's very comforting. Yeah, yeah you have this little anchor point to look forward to. You know it's gonna be the same. Whatever other mishigas happens across the course of the day, <laughs> that's gonna be the thing at night. And you can rely on that. And you're doing it for yourself, which means you can rely on it because you don't have to rely on somebody else. Right. Which I love. Oh, good. Mine's actually a ritual thing too. So I got this. This is funny. I haven't told you this yet. This there's this little. Um, this is a bit of a cult. This is a Hobonichi journal that comes from Japan. Okay. And I got included in this group of Hobonichis, and we have this little ritual where. So it's a planner, and it has every day, you know, by the hour, these little grids you can make. And so some people use it as a planner, um, of course, because that's what it is. But some people use it as an art project. Oh, that's fun. And so every day you, and people do, um, people track all sorts of different things. So I have friends that track like mood and energy level. So you can kind of see across the course of a week or a year, what actually your energy, what changes and shifts your energy and mood. Cause we think we know that stuff and we don't necessarily, right. um, some people just journal in it. Some people track the weather. Some people track all sorts of different things. Um, but it's this this little page. And so I, every night I make a little, um, entry. That's like a little art project. I love that. Um, and so it's half journal. Um, I do a little note from intuition, which is a thing I can talk about. Did I talk about that last time? Mm-mm. I learned this at a writing retreat and it's life-changing. Um, and also just what's going on. There's like stickers. I draw stuff. It's, and, but it's again, like this idea of like, this is, I know I'm going to do this after dinner every day. I'm going to sit down and do this little art project. Um, this See, this one says, fuck the rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And it's just, yeah. And it's, again, like that we're all doing it in a little group is really, I'm really thankful for that because it feels, even though we're all like in our own houses and whatever, having our own lives, it's a way to connect. And I just, I just love it. So my little Hobonichi journal and crew is my tiny little joy. That's fabulous. I love that. And I bought a bunch of stickers, like an 80s kid, and it's just fun. Stickers are fun. They are fun. It's like joyful, right? It is. Yeah. we got to stop cutting this stuff out of our lives because we think we're adults. Number one, I feel less like an adult than I did when I was like 20. Two, it's it's fun. It's a way to express yourself, and it's simple, and it's joyful, and it's like... Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So go get go get yourself a Hobonichi. The paper is kind of miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. You're so good at finding those little things. Oh, I didn't even find this one. Well, you're in a situation where you found it, right? In a situation where I found it, yeah. But this is the thing. Like when you get oriented towards that, then it starts to appear. Yeah. You invite you it know? in. Right. Yep. Right. And you don't get in this thing of like, I'm not an artist. I know what to make art for oh, 30 minutes. Who cares? And it's one of the things that is in the, um, that will, um, oh my gosh, the words are not coming. It decreases your stress response. 30 minutes of creative expression a day is one of the things on the list of things that will 
decrease and counter the stress response. So you do that every day. That's amazing. You're in good shape. Yeah. Uh, Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, write us letters at the trauma tapes at gmail.com. We have a bunch in the can, but we are, we would love to hear from you. So let us know what you're dealing with and what's coming up with shame. We also welcome reactions. If you want to get into the conversation about something we've already talked about, STDs, body shame. Um, what else do we talk about? Cheating shame, all these different things. If you have something to say, let us know. We will read your uh, response on the show. Snooping. Snooping. Oh my God. I forgot about snooping. There's <laughs> another one on that actually. Snooping. Is it really? Yeah. Snooping is a, we, we're struggling with our Snooping's devices. a thing. Snooping is a thing. Yep. <laughs> and we all, all have right. these little private worlds that we carry around and then like leave on the kitchen table. And it's like your diary, you know? Yeah. I was thinking I, uh, uh, there was some, Oh, Apple has this thing. I don't know if you've gotten the notification that like you leave like a something. So if you die, someone can get into your phone. A legacy. Yeah. 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 And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, wow. I know. <laughs> I know. It's almost like you're like, everything should be like restored to factory settings. Just like instantly like yeah. done. Yeah. 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 And, and not for any, like, here's the thing, like, I'm not hiding anything that's big and bad, but I don't know that I want to know, like, that, that I want someone to know that I Googled, like, if you pee while you're drying your hair, do you electrocute yourself? <laughs> or why does my poop look like this? <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. Especially I don't want anyone like to make tragic. any assumptions, like, based right. on, like, things they might stumble across. right. <laughs> I also go- I Google stuff for clients all the time, you know, like, yeah, that would certainly could paint a picture that my life is different than it than I appear to be living. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, we di- okay. we digress. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> Tune in next week. All right, bye. About that. Bye.